0: unexpected trouble cashnet usa can take the stress out of borrowing emergency funds our fast secure application process makes it easy to apply online 24 7 plus cashnet usa offers same day funding if approved before 10 30 a.m central time monday through friday additional terms may apply visit cashnetusa.com or tap the banner to apply today
1: what's up everybody it's your boy b scott with the philadelphia eagles i just want to thank you all for tuning in don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles,
0: fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. Eagles. Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege.
1: Welcome to another edition of turning the page on the all 22 uh, on the eagle's brawl of the brawl network bit of a weird one today because I'm talking but Connor miles is here with me and he's not doing the intro because technically this is my thing so it's very strange for me to introduce it but Connor how are you today
0: ah uh, it could be better I mean what we said last night in the minis birds recap show is the first thing I started off with because'm I'm, I'm telling everybody like like look this is your guys's show you guys need to start <laughs> doing these intros like I do mine you guys could do yours too as well so this is turning the page on all 22. I'm just yeah. joining you for this, but uh, I'm mentally drained. I'm yeah. mentally drained. If you, you could sit here all night and come up with theories about this team, about what's wrong with it. it, it this is too many issues. There's is just too yeah. many layers to it. it. It looks like it's a full rebuild about to happen. So uh, crazy times, Johnny crazy times. something that we completely didn't expect. Uh, I wanted to say something to you that I go back to our top 10 list that we made on this podcast to start yeah. off the season. And yeah, Carson Wentz being number one is showing you absolutely why he was number one. This team never expected Carson Wentz to play bad. They weren't prepared for Carson Wentz to play bad. They never thought in this building, this offense, Doug Peterson, as the coaching staff, was not built to sustain a bad Carson Wentz. So it's crazy how much they actually rely on. Like we said, like we said back during those times, this team will go as far as Carson Wentz takes them, but it's a little shocking to me to see – a player struggles as much as Carson Watts has, and a coaches to have to stay complacent and say we have so much faith in this guy just to work it out. I, that approach is going to lose people jobs. Yeah, so this is where I think it's difficult because sometimes
1: you see with teams, sort of people just switch off, people don't care. And I think the Eagles are, are nearly there. To be honest, I think fans. Are, I think the reason why fans aren't all there is because there's a good chance that the head coach and the quarterback are the same next year. So I think it's sort of our job as fans, as people who break down the game, to try and figure out what is going wrong and what can they do to fix it and then hold them to account to how they're going to try and fix it. Because I don't really... We can sit here and say, let's never talk about the Eagles again because they're rubbish. But then you're going to not talk about next year either? Because they're not getting out Wentz's contract. They're not trading Wentz. And to be honest, I I think this is what I'm going to start with today, actually. I I got done when he was 22 just now and I saw Dan tweet a few other clips that I'm watching. And... Uh, There's a thing that Dan Oloski said in his second uh, clip, which is out there on his Twitter, when he said the quarterback is connected to everything else. And I think in the modern day, what we like to do is we like to make these rankings because they're fun. Who's better? Who's top five quarterback? Who's top 10? And it's not how coaches assess the game. It's not how we should assess the game. There's probably four or five transcendent quarterback talents who I think succeed in any scheme, any coach. You're looking at Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, uh, maybe not even Lamar Jackson, to be honest, based on this year. Uh, maybe Kyler Murray. Um Dead of the three, off the top of my head, there's a few others out there, but not many succeed sort of outside of a scheme. It's why Greg Cosell always says, My favorite NFL analysis said, there's no such thing as a quarterback who isn't a like scheme quarterback. Tom Brady's a quarterback who relies on a scheme. Every quarterback does to an extent. The quarterback is connected to every position. Now, Went is not playing well right now. That's quite obvious. I don't think it's I know that, and I said I tweeted this out. Actually, I watched the game back today; so it's very fresh in my mind. And do you know what? I don't think he played as bad as I thought live. The problem is the offense is bad, and the reason why the offense is bad is the players aren't good enough. Scheme can help you a lot, and Doug needs to do a better job with scheme. But if your players aren't good enough, you're going to struggle. And there's so many issues with the Eagles' offense. There's too many. They basically built a team, and they have done this last year as well, where they think Carson Wentz is a scheme transcendent quarterback. I genuinely believe if you go pre-draft, I bet Doug and Howie's grade on Wentz was so high because he ticked every single box. And I think they expect him to be able to cover up deficiencies. I think last year he did at certain points. This year, he's not. He's now playing for a bad offense and he's not making them any better. And what we're seeing is that the offense is just bad. And it's bad in sort of every metric. I tweeted out some stats yesterday about it that are just absurd. The numbers, and I probably should have done what every good podcaster does and get these numbers up before I start talking. But some of the issues, I remember off the top of my head, they threw at Denzel Ward 10 times yesterday. And they only threw 35 passes. The numbers when targeting uh, Rager and Alshon and Fulgham are literally... Outrageous. So, for those of you who didn't see my tweet, I mean, just listen to these numbers for a second. When went through to tight end yesterday, eight targets, seven receptions, 125 yards, two touchdowns, and there was a huge pass interference. Dallas got up. He's moving the ball very well. When he targeted wide receivers, here we go, 18 targets for 69 yards. (laughs) If you look at Ward, Fulgham, and Jeffrey, 13 targets for 17 yards. That is I mean, that is insane. That is
0: insane. That's your wide receiver one, quick, this goes three, and four. Three. Oh, this goes into your theory. Yeah. And I know you don't want to talk about coaching that much because we've been pounding it to death, but do you think Doug Pearson can coach outside of a 12-person no, yeah. offense?
1: Well, this is No, I'm starting – I'm, I'm just genuinely starting to wonder if he can, because here's my issue, right? People are like, oh, maybe he went throw to the middle of the field. Yeah, but that's – when you throw to football, when you throw to wide receivers, you're not always throwing it outside the numbers. We barely do that anyway. Most now our throws are middle of the field. So half the throws to Richard Rogers. he's basically a borderline wide receiver anyway because the guy can't block. The reason why – Wentz is more successful for of the tight ends. It's not because his brain suddenly goes, oh, it's a tight end, I'm accurate now. It's because they're open. It's because the guys are open. when just I watch other games like the Rams, I watch the Colts this weekend. Philip Rivers just throws a drag route to Michael Pittman who runs 40 yards and scores a touchdown. It's like, other teams have these easy throws. Nothing is easy for the Eagles. Nothing. Everything is so hard. You pick Wentz apart, but you're looking at plays that are difficult. It's just all hard. And you know what? I've had a long thing today because I was mad on Sunday. I tweeted a lot of things that I probably regret, as we all do on Sunday, including one that said I'd probably fire Doug right now. And I said, and that, to be fair, I said even in that tweet, I would change my mind on that tweet in two minutes. And I probably have. I think before we do anything coaching wise, and this sort of includes Jim Schwartz, to be honest, and we'll talk about why we're all 22 in a minute, because it is an all 22 pod. I'm starting to think that basically the Eagles are not good enough individually. And I think coaching wise, they can try their best and they're not doing very well. And Wentz isn't doing very well, but I'm looking at Greg Ward on tape this week and he's, not good. He's fine. He's he's fine. He's okay. Richard Rogers does a he does few things. things. He just
0: does receiver. Yeah, yeah. He's a Richard
1: receiver. Rogers can't block literally does not know how to block that first interception by Carson Wentz um yes you could you might want him to throw the wheel route you might okay but i i think it's an awkward throw and i think there's lots of reasons why that lots of people have explained he throws a check down he knows he's not going to get instant pressure because he knows his numbers are fine he's not meant to feel that pressure richard Rogers doesn't lay a hand on him he doesn't lay a hand on him and he's in to block Like there's just, Jason Peters was a complete train wreck at left tackle, unfortunately. Lane Johnson was clearly not happy. And then I think the biggest indictment of the coach, and this is my number one issue with Doug and Schwartz. To be honest, more Doug on the front offensive side is to me, and this is a stupid comment, you give Doug good players, I think what he's doing works. (laughs) And that might be like, well, bingo, every coach can do that. But he's coaching for a team that is like, two years ago. He's coaching for a quarterback who's brilliant. He's coaching like Alshon Jeffery is still Alshon Jeffery. He's coaching like Travis Fulgham is going to win in isolation every route. He's, he's coaching like Jalen Rager is just going to line up there and beat dudes. And actually, do you know what? Rager had a good game. So that was good to see. He had a really wicked out route and um, deep out route earlier on, which was really good to see. But it's just like nothing mashes up. And what you get is you get an absolute mess where everything is wrong. And basically what Lurie has got to do and what Doug has got to do, and I don't think any more Howie should get the chance to do. I think I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I've been a Howie defender, but I think the way the roster is has is been built this year is atrocious I also think you can't talk about this team without talking about injuries. and People don't want to talk about it, but it did kill them the first half of the year. I think the offensive line injuries in particular, they're really struggling with offensive line cohesion. I think stunts are killing the offensive line at the moment. Um, But there are so many flaws in the offense and the coaching staff's not coaching around it. And I'm going to go back to that Dalilovsky joke. We're going to talk a little bit about individuals now and about players, but you cannot separate one from the other. You can't separate Wentz from Doug. You can't separate um, Wentz from his offensive line. It's all bad. And I know that's not what people want to hear. Give me the positives. It's all Terrible, okay? That's not what you want to hear. There's a few good things. Like, you could, I can go back and look at Dallas Goddard's first uh, deep catch this week. Great little route design. Jaden Rager on motion, comes across the formation, then runs straight back across. Linebacker and safety, whoever it was, takes a split second to look at Rager. Dallas Goddard's in behind him. Brilliant design. Like it, some of the running plays this week, great designs. They ran a lot of tackle traps this week that we haven't seen before. Um, with actually, Jason P is looking quite good, believe it or not, in the running game. And Lane Johnson moving well. Kelsey on some uh, some of those power runs and or more like sweep, uh, really, really good. Like there's some good things. There's always some good things. And um, there's always one or two plays each week. But as a whole, it's just bad. It's just there's bad, a lot here.
0: to unpack there. It's bad. It's so,
1: and it's been on my mind all day because it's like this why my i like it. talking it's all wrong and it's not going to get fixed unless something magical happens and this team instantly becomes better but i don't think it's just a coaching issue or a general manager issue or a quarterback
0: issue it's a number of different things Sorry, there's, layers of, no, there's <laughs> layers of issues no there's layers of issues you said you needed to rant this is your show and i wanted to let you rant, <laughs> but uh but my thing is, when I, when I sat there and watched this game fully, because no matter what, we're committed to this podcast. We're going to watch every game. We're going to talk about the Eagles on this podcast, whether they lose every game for the rest of the season. This is what we're obligated to do. But this is the first time I watched this, when I watched this game. This is the first time I finally sat here and said it to myself while I was watching it, because I know you get the frustrated feelings on Sunday every fan does, but this is the first time I finally came to acceptance of we overvalued Doug Peterson as a head coach completely. Absolutely completely. We overvalued Doug Peterson as a head coach. And then I honestly think that we overestimated Carson Wentz to a, a yeah, certain degree. you kind of alluded you you alluded to that yeah. uh in the beginning. So I don't want to go farther into that, but from Doug Peterson standpoint, he's not a coach that can scheme for wide receivers. It's it's clearly evident by now. I it should have smacked us in the face when the Chiefs wide receivers had zero touchdowns this season. He was offensive coordinator. Yeah. Now we're going into this tenure where uh Travis Fogum is not gonna be a one K wide receiver this season. That's that's what these last couple games have shown you is that they can't get it done with him to get him to produce that level. Uh it's not gonna happen. So now we're gonna go through year what, five of Doug Peterson says he's been hired of no receiver having one thousand uh receiving yards. That's that's not that's understated. That's completely understated. This is a passing league. Dallas almost had three wide receivers wow. last year go over a thousand yards. Like This is a passing arrow league, and now you're looking at your receivers again not having a 1,000-yard season, struggling as usual. I think it's the coach. I think I finally sat there, watched that Cleveland Browns defense who's putrid against the pass. That's a defense you could have definitely destroyed against. I I don't want to hear about the excuses about the rain. It wasn't windy. The rain's one thing for gripping the ball. The wind is what affects the passing game, and it wasn't windy there at all. I, I think Doug is a great player's coach. He speaks to the players. He knows how to get into guys' heads, at least. And he gets the best out of them when he needs them to the most when their backs are against the wall. He's Not a good play designer. He's not anymore, at least. I don't know what happened. He's not a good play caller. Well, I think I... what probably happened
1: is they left. They lost two voices that were critical to them. And I think Frank Reich is obviously a very, very good play designer. Right, and point, I, 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 it's of... too simple to point to Reich, but it's obviously... it's obvi- I think it's quite clear now. It's quite evident it that he had a big role.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, but my thing is, why was Doug so willing to accept the help, the guidance, the to lean on Frank right the way he did back then, and now it's his way or the highway? We might have accidentally built this guy's ego up a little bit, and I see it every weekend now. I see it every time they play football. He, there's no changes. That's the one thing. Coming off this spot, I know there's an all-22 review, but I this Cleveland Browns defense was a perfect example of it. Coming off the bye, they didn't change anything. They completely stuck with what they were doing before the season started. Every single week, they continue to, s- to stick to the same game plan. I don't think he could script an opening half, first half. Yeah, I don't think he could properly script the first half. If I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I intervene now. I intervene now. And I know Ed says it on this show multiple times because he's at the press conference. He has a feel for Doug Peterson. I know multiple people said it too. He's not He doesn't want to give a play calling. I don't care. He didn't want to fire Mike Groh either, and look what happened. Jeffrey Lurie needs to step in and say, hey, Deuce or Jeff Stoutland need to call the first half of these play calls. We need to set a tone somehow. And you know Um, what I'd love to know?
1: Sorry, I'm going to jump in. The problem with NFL, (laughs) this is a very big... Philosophical point is it's very difficult to know on a micro level who has responsibilities for what. Because, for example, the Eagles running game, in my opinion, is at, is very well schemed. And people will say, but they've sucked this year. And again, I'm not blaming injuries on everything. I'm not. But part of the reason why they sucked this year is because their the whole offensive line went down. And it's hard to have a sustaining running game. I also, and I don't want to say this because he's been my guy, I think we probably slightly overrated Miles Sanders. And I think, do you know what? I think they've missed that sort of first down bruising runner element. I think the, the Allah Jordan Howard, Jay Ajay, I think they have missed that player. I think that's fair to say at this point, but they've missed the one-two punch. A they've got it a little bit more recently. But it's, I want to know who coaches that. Like, does Doug design the run scheme, or is that Juice Staley? Because I'm guessing it's Juice, because he's like off run coordinator. In which case, maybe, no, maybe I, he's got... Still... So what does Doug... Just... Uh, on, actually do currently because I that's what I really struggle with coaches is the one thing I would say and you mentioned this earlier on is this is where I'm sort of coming back to players I think Doug's scheme at the moment basically if someone asked me to describe what the eagle scheme is it's a, a ton of isolation routes the occasional two-man concept like two men on the same side of the field but also a great bit of route concepts we're not saying we're not it's pretty basic isolation stuff expecting them to win but you know what if you can put Julio Jones on yet. Oh, the isolation route works. What a great head coach. I and mean, you've got to do a little bit more than what you've got. And I, my worry is that they overrate the players in their building. I also think and I've seen people mention Definitely this on Twitter. True. I think there must be an issue going with Doug and Howie because you can't tell me that Doug has any idea how to use Jalen Hurts at all. I mean, he obviously has no plan for the guy at all. I mean, it's quite clear. He plays like a snapping. And by the way, I checked because we asked talk about it off air. Wentz was on the field on that snap. Um, he was so dang. It, he was. He was. Oh. I checked. Wentz was an outside wide receiver. The guy played one snap, Jalen Hurts. One. People were saying this is going to be a rich man's Taysom Hill, which we laughed at. He played one. Snap! Well, this is an offense I can't do anything. And I'm not saying bench the quarterback, but he played one snap. Like, so there is no way anyone can tell me Doug wanted Jalen Hurts at all. To oh me, no!
0: That, Absolutely not. I think mean, that's the root of their uh, dysfunction right there. Yes, yeah. you cannot tell me it's a coincidence this team has fell apart. So I, I don't want to blame Jalen Hurts and the pick for that, but I mean, this team is not 12 personnel offense anymore, which was Doug's bread and brother. It's not a team that can win through the trenches anymore, which was, again, the Philadelphia Eagles brother and brother. No matter what, that offensive line play the last couple of years is the reason why they were finishing the season and getting into the playoffs. Now it's not even close to reminiscent of that season. They don't have a healthy Lane Johnson. Brandon Brooks, his presence has been missed since week one. Since week one. This is my point.
1: Good players. Good players matter. We're not good enough. Good players matter. And we keep overrating Individuals. That's what we do. We're fans. We overrate them. We My talk- to you was, yeah.
0: I wanted to ask because this is about the all twenty two, and you, yeah, you're bringing bro. this up. So that's the only reason why I'm saying it. Why the hell do you scheme that read to Alshon Jeff? Forget that for that interception. See, that is why where- is he scheming for. That's right. That, so that's what you're saying. He's you're that, overrating the players. He's overrating him. He thinks
1: and the off the whole coaching staff think and whatever. By the way, Alshon barely played any snaps. So I'm not like doing it. Didn't he? That. He played five yeah. snaps, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah.
0: a joke that they schemed that, that they made that read to him. You have to move. Have, yeah, he can't move.
1: He can't like, no. Like,
0: weeks ago we're talking about Doug Peterson not even knowing his injury and caring. Yeah. in a press conference when he asked by a reporter he literally didn't have the answer for him because he didn't yeah. know and then for one of the biggest plays of the game to start building momentum start coming back maybe perhaps against this cleveland browns team maybe even beat him yeah you, you scheme that read to him yeah
1: and i know so people are blaming Wentz for that i mean i saw someone on my summer tweet me earlier on saying Wentz threw it high he, Alshon's massive and Denzel was
0: tiny Yes, throw it high. That throw like, is designed to throw high. Yeah. It's you're that's that's the play where you want your wide receiver to jump up and make the play. Where yeah. yes, prime yeah. Alshon Jeffrey does make that play. Like that's no clearly not it anymore. The the what a huge disservice you're playing to your younger players to put Jason Peters yeah. and Alshon Jeffrey out there. Yeah, I'm sorry, that it is at this man. point. They that don't Alshon Jeffrey, like you just said, can't move. He could not jump that Liz Frank injury. Like you've talked to uh, Doctor Edwin, yeah. and he's even said himself. Once you hit that age of 30 you you're and yeah. you hit come back from a list rank injury, not happening. The yeah. chances are very minimal. minimal happening. That was definitely they didn't, a want to put him, The Eagles didn't want to put him back out there. No. It's because of money. Exactly. Yeah. You have to make Howie's investments look good at some point, some point or another. We paid Jason Peters. You have to play him. We paid Alshon Jeffrey. You have to pay him. We paid Carson Wentz. You have to play him. Yeah. I Honestly, I'm at the point where I, this whole entire little thing has been about everything but Carson. But uh, at the end of the day, we, he does have the excuses. He does have the reasonings of why he's playing bad, but he had those reasons these years before, and he still outplayed it. He's yeah. not the same right now, and something's no. going on with him too. So, I, I, think I think he's mentally – I think he's mentally – Yeah. So let's I talk about
1: – let's talk really quickly, because we're going very yeah. philosophical. Let's talk about what he was twenty two to sort of show this week in particular. I mentioned to anyone, the Eagles are in isolation. So people say, Wentz holds the ball? Wentz holds the ball? Okay, the reason why holds the ball is because – Nobody's open. No one's open. I mean, it's not like Rocky Science. He's in. He's, he's not. Look, he's and I saw it as well. And I'm, I'm not going at Ben Solak here at all. And you know, I'm a huge, huge Ben Solak fan. But he tweeted the other day something about. Um, I think it was someone on Twitter said we aren't using play action rollouts, and he said that's the most unsuccessful play the Eagles run. And I get that, but getting a quarterback on the move. Doesn't have to be a play-action rollout. You can literally just take a shotgun snap, and Ben's knows this. Ben's not an idiot. This isn't again. This isn't what he meant. But you can take a shotgun snap, and your quarterback can just run to the right, <laughs> like, and run to the left. You just vary launch points. Wentz, when he came out, the best thing about Wentz is that he his arm is brilliant, and he doesn't need to set his feet to throw. In fact, that's why he gets away with dodgy mechanics. Do you know what? Accuracy-wise, this week, Wentz was fine. His accuracy was fine. He didn't normally with quarterbacks, right? You go back to like I always remember the Chip Kelly days. You would look at a game there'd be four or five plays where Nick Foles or Michael Vick would miss a wide open receiver down the field and we'd all be going I can't believe he hasn't thrown that I can't believe he hasn't thrown that there's basically none of them there is like no plays when a guy is charging down the field in the all 22 and you'll look at the Wentz going throw it and he doesn't there's, there's nothing Oh, no quarterback and I genuinely mean this except for as I mentioned earlier on the scheme transcendence quarterback, you put your Ryan Tannehill's, your Matthew Stafford's, your Jared Goff's, your average NFL quarterback, your Derek Carr, you put them in that Eagles offense that we saw on Sunday, they will not do much better because the plays aren't there. Now, what's ironic is I think the Eagles might get better if they go to Jalen Hurts and this is not me criticising Carson Wentz because I think what it would do is it would force Doug to do everything he should be doing with Carson Wentz. And let me explain what I mean when I say that. What this Eagles team should be doing is getting the quarterback on the move. They're not doing it. And Doug's excuse about Wentz checking out plays is crap. I'm sorry, that's rubbish. He doesn't check out every play on the move. Give me a break. You think the guy doesn't want to run ever. He might check out have a few, but you threw 35 passes last game. One of them was on the move. The second thing you need to do is we talk about what do we mean when we say um, clearly define the throws. You need to call more plays that have clearly defined throws. And for the people in the back, what does that mean? All right, you run a concept to one side, slant, flat, done. You man coverage, you throw one route. Zone coverage, you throw the other one. No one open, you scramble. Instead, we still have these backside reads going on. We expect Wentz to be able to isolate that play, eliminate that read, get to the backside. He's not good enough. His mental processing speed is not good enough currently. And that's a fault of Carson Wentz, but it's also a fault for the coaching staff that still expect Real him quick. to be able to eliminate reads and get backside because he can't do it.
0: One question for you. and I, yeah. I just, I'm sorry to interrupt, and this has no, much it. to do with the all too, but it's something that somebody brought up last night. I was like, I want to ask Johnny this because when Johnny and I talk about the Eagles, this is a pretty good back and forth. You think the concussions playing with him, you think that like the fear of getting another one might be in the back of his mind? I feel like the more... The more Honestly. mentally defeated he looks, yep. the more mentally defeated he looks, I feel like I'm witnessing the next Andrew Luck situation. Yeah, do you know I what? I feel like it every day week.
1: Honestly, Connor, I don't. I don't. And I could be wrong. Okay. I think the problem at the moment is he's holding the ball too long because the reads aren't clearly defined. Very few oh, players that's, have that's a clearly defined sure. read. Okay, so what that means is when the read isn't clearly defined and we can talk about the whole schematics, in my opinion, as I've said many a time, Ryan Tannehill sucks in Miami for four years. Great in Tennessee. Do you think Ryan Tannehill is doing any differently if he comes here? No. Go and watch yeah. that offense. It is a complete.
0: Arthur a, Smith is a great guy. He should be a head coach. He should be yeah, a head Yeah, number coach. one, he
1: probably should be. But his scheme is brilliant because everything works in sync. The, play act, the passing game works off the running game. Sean McVay, who Eagles fan likes to laugh at. Sean McVay is a brilliant NFL coach. I mean, brilliant. Carl Shanahan is one of the best. His problem is his quarterbacks have been incredibly bad. There's a stat a few weeks ago that Carl uh, – Jimmy G threw for like 200 plus yards like 180 of them were after the catch like wh- what do yeah. you give your quarterback your bread and but we can't throw screen passes we simply cannot run them and we're a West Coast offense who comes from Andy Reid who is the king of screen passes we cannot run a screen pass to save our life we don't make things easy for the quarterback every throw is a struggle every throw is a two or three man concept running individual routes where you've got to check the coverage, figure out where to go with the ball. First guy's not open, come across backside. And yes, Wentz could do it better, but it's not easy. And I saw Ben Sodak broke this down as well. So I'm stealing his point again, when Castle Wentz took a sack in the end zone and people went, Oh, I should have got rid of it earlier. They used a guy, at the tight end to sort of chip the defensive end. That, that route concept was not open. He, by the time he'd got backside, he was sacked because two offensive linemen couldn't handle one guy. Say Amalu pushed him inside and Peters had set outside and he got sacked. Now, you can blame Wentz all you want, but the reads aren't clearly defined. It's an isolation-based offense. It's not using a lot of root concepts. If you if Jaden Hurts comes in, I guarantee you, first four or five plays are screen passes. Then it's a bubble screen. Then it's an RPO. Then it's a slant flat. It's going to be so simple. But I think at the moment, simple would be better. because going to be like is- Nick
0: coming in yes. and trying to get the best out of him yes. when he was struggling. But yes, I yeah. they think Wentz is players. too good. They're
1: putting too much right. on his plate still. They're treating him like he's Brady or Manning and he's going to go through these reads. And I think the reason why he's broken now is you're actually seeing for the first time what's happened to Wentz this year, unfortunately, is he's turned the ball over too much. And part of that's his offensive line. Part of that is him making a few ridiculously stupid plays that I'm not defending here because some of his interceptions this year have been horrendous. But interceptions are a stat. Okay. To be honest, some of his picks this year I don't care about. I don't care about the two picks this week. They don't bother me. They're not. They're not on him. Some of his, one of his picks was at the end of the half. I don't care about that. But people talk. The media talks. The coaches talk. The journalists talk. And it's now in Wentz's head, and he's playing safe. He's not letting the ball go when he should. And it seems like at the moment it's just all going wrong. When he does let the ball go, one-on-one to Alshon Jeffrey, he gets picked. He gets picked on the check down because his tight end can't even slow down an edge rusher for a a half a second so he's just getting intercepted like every week at the moment now so of course he's a bit gun shy yes Jalen Rager's open on that whatever route you want to call that wheel slash whatever people call it these days I'm not really sure what he's trying to do to be completely honest without knowing how they coach that I'm not too sure he probably could throw a back shoulder but do you know what I understand why he's not throwing a back shoulder route to a guy who doesn't really look like he's particularly sure about what he's doing and their safety is coming down because he simply turned the ball over too much. And actually, when a quarterback plays safe, it doesn't help them. Quarterbacks need to let it go. It's why I don't really care that much about interceptions as a stat. They're a partly fluky stat anyway because you get loads dropped some year, some year everyone picks them off. Wentz has always been a bit of a gunslinger. The low interception numbers he's had over the past few years have been a bit fluky anyway, but that's okay. Like I can deal with it, but there's just so many elements at the moment that are just wrong, unfortunately. And yeah, I think that's why Wentz looks bad in the pocket. And that's why he's taking so long to get rid of the ball is because the concepts just aren't clearly defined. They aren't quick releases. They're not free step drop. Ball comes out, free step drop ball comes out. It's like, it's so slow. There are certain things they should be doing and they're not doing. And the biggest one is varying his launch points. That is just, I don't get it. I don't understand why they are not varying his launch points more. I'm not just talking about under center play action. I'm talking about shotgun. I'm talking about uh, just standard play action. I'm read option. Just anything. Just get him on the move. Um, but they're just not doing it. And I, I, I really don't understand why. Um, and that's just, yeah. I find I th- that's the one thing about Doug. I find it really hard to explain. I don't get why they're not getting Wentz on the move. And the other thing is, like, look at Jalen Rager. He's not getting any throws behind the line of scrimmage. He was, You're meant to bring him here because he's a yard after the catch guy. He, I was just thinking earlier on, can you imagine if Travis Fulgham wasn't playing currently? Rager would be the X. He would be a disaster. That's not who Rager is. <laughs> he's a movement C. He's barely in motion. When he is, he rarely gets the ball. They're running screen passes to Greg Wald. It's just... Like there's such a lack of creativity. Jalen reagan has got the build of a running back. You could put him on, you could line him up at the backfield and throw him swing passes. Like they just don't do anything. They just don't do anything creative. And it's such a criticism of everyone involved. Not just Doug, not just Wentz, not just Scangarello, everyone, the entire coaching staff, whoever designs a third down place, whoever's in charge of screen passes, Press Taylor, it's all wrong. And I don't think it needs to be completely blown up where everyone goes, but whatever happens at the end of this year and during this season, something has to change or we're literally just going to sit there and watch the same thing. But that's why they're not benching Carson, because based on the offence at the moment, there's no way Jalen Hurst does any better? Literally no way. The only way he does better is if they completely change their scheme. And I don't know why I just don't do that anyway. That's what drives me so, it drives me out of the wall, to be completely honest. Because
0: the faith in Carson that he'll play out of it and he'll take these schemes that they're trying to implement and make them better when he eventually gets a, catches onto to it. They don't think he's probably there yet. They think it's a process still. I, I Yeah, I just think it's completely wrong. I scrap everything. I am just to see if verts when Ertz comes back and he's healthy, if they just go back to the bread and butter 12 personnel and see how it works for that and, I don't know, man. I, I have no idea what they're going to do, but you know what? my I question think to help. you is...
1: I think that will help, because if Zach Ertz is I healthy, help.
0: he's 50 times better than what they're putting Go in back to on. what
1: works. I would
0: definitely go back to what yeah. will work for you. And by the, way, you're at I, the
1: point where- this is a little, little 22 nugget that I've seen the last two weeks. Um, I think it's fair to point out that when Dallas got it, your number one tight end, I think he struggle to get open against really good Safeties in man coverage. I, I, I don't, I don't, I know it's not popular to criticize Dallas Scott because he's good. And he had a very good game, and he's a brilliant blocker. and out, He's an outstanding all round tight end. But yeah. I don't think he's, he's bad anywhere bad, near but... as good getting opens as Zach Ertz is. I know he's no. good at yard lines to catch. Like Ertz's problem is that when Ertz has a bad year now and the contract thing, people just act like Ertz has been bad. Ursa's been a massive part of this offense, and you know what? He's covered some holes that they've had at wide receiver for the last few years because you can split him out wide and he beats cornerbacks and stuff, and they can't do that at the moment. I actually think Richard Rodgers is really good. The problem with Richard Rodgers is he's a wide receiver. <laughs> he's a big wide receiver. The guy cannot block. I like, cannot block, so he is literally a big wide receiver. Um, but yeah, sorry, what were you going to say before I cut you off talking about no, that? I a a good like- point,
0: though, that I, no, I like that argument because I think the same thing. I've watched the last couple of weeks and I mean, I, he did have a good game, but Last couple of weeks, I've said in my head, I know he's come off injury too, but I think he looks to be back to the part now. But he hasn't – Dallas Goddard has not done enough for me to think this is the guy – Everybody's so quick to replace Zach Ertz with Dallas Goddard. And I'm like, where has the evidence to show me that that's the time to go to him, to be the number one tight end? Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen next season. We'll see how it goes because he's going to be the number one tight end next season. But, uh, yeah, right now I haven't seen the one game or the one performance, especially – I mean, even this one, it wasn't enough for me to say. All right, I'm confident that they're making the right decision. That they're, they're, and they're, just they're quickly, understanding are um, understand what they're doing. Some of his best catches were scheme based as well, which is fine, by the way. There's no, it's
1: good. No, right, I have no problem with, with that. If you can scheme your players him, open, yeah. By, yeah. Go, for, go for it, please. They weren't him just like separating with great skills. A lot of them were motion, sort of drawing away
0: defenders and getting him on the scene. What go this good it is to the game is probably down the worst team. safety you The, scene. the those Carl Joseph. Uh, Lonnie Johnson, uh, Harrison Jr. and then Ronnie Harrison Jr. and then uh Andrew Sedejo. Like, come on, should have had a better game. I I I, I thought you should have showed me a number one tight end type game where you bail your quarterback out a little bit more. But I like Dallas a lot. Like you said, great in blocking, great after the catch. But I don't think he's a number one, true number one tight end like Zach Ertz is. That's my issue, and I think think he's got to grow into that. And we'll he's gonna have to next year because that's what's gonna happen. So my last thing to you, Johnny, real quick uh before we end this because we have to talk about this. Uh, we've complained about Doug. The whole fan base has complained about Doug. I hate how it's a Doug versus Carson thing now with the fan base because I think you can individually point at each one of their faults and say this is the reason why the Eagles are three six and one because it's a fair assessment. But uh, with Jeffrey Lurie being the aggressive owner that we know he is, with the Eagles underperforming the way they are, the offense have been under underwhelming ever since really the last three years uh, since 2017. You start putting. The pressure on doug do you start warming up his seat a little bit yeah i tell you what if
1: i was jeffrey Lurie and i'm not
0: uh sadly it'd
1: be a nice life wouldn't it uh what i would do is my first two questions for doug would be tell me why you're doing what you're doing currently and justify it and then i would basically say for you to keep your job and for you to carry on what you're doing two things are going to have to happen uh, one we're going to hire a situational football expert whatever coach you decide that is whoever that is to call plays on specific down and distance and to help you because their situational football is atrocious like it's just so bad they seem to call the wrong plays at the wrong time and it's not me nitpicking here i put a lot of tweets no, out last down, week the third down no. their third down offense is abysmal i literally put a whole thread out on it last week and i'm not too my own horn but no one can read down say oh unlucky i mean When you play John Hightower for free snaps, I spoke about this on the podcast, it's just so obvious it's a shot play. Like, my God, do something different once in a while. Otherwise, it's just too predictable. The second thing I would hire is, it leans on that, is if you want to be a downfield offense, you're going to have to go and hire someone who can help you coordinate big plays in the passing game because they cannot for the life of them. We don't even get to see Wentz throw deep anymore because it's all just bad. And when he does throw deep, it's wrong. They whoever they hire, and it's clearly not Bruce Taylor, they need to find someone. I know there's a shot play expert. I don't care who that is. the two go hand in hand. But I am perfectly fine at the moment, anyway, with Doug being kept. But he's going to have to accept Changes to his offense. And if he can't accept that, he'll have to leave. And do you know what? We're not going to touch on defense today because it's too much. But I said the same thing to you off air. Schwartz is the same boat because I get bored of defending Jim Schwartz because I think he's actually a good coach. Do you know what? I think the Eagles played the run really well this week. And people say, oh, Nick Chubb, they could have tackled him through twice behind the line of scrimmage. It's not his fault that his linebackers are absolute crap. However, it probably is his fault because we think he's choosing them. So I would say to Jim Schwartz, you are coaching the defense. You are not picking the players. And if you can't deal with that, leave. Because these linebackers, Connor, on oh some of the tape, tell you what, quick shout out though, Alex Singleton, really good game. Really, really good game. Really good TJ Edwards is, good. is awful. And yep. oh my goodness, the people who t- tweet about GT, I, we said all year on the Eagles Brawl, he's, uh, the whole offseason, if anyone that has been here since day one, he was never good. Davion Taylor, oh my goodness, there's the first play of the game, just watch the first defensive snap. It's just like a cover free or whatever, I can't remember, it's his own play. He literally runs to where the cornerback's standing. He's covering his own... T- I'm watching him like, he's got no idea. And when they yeah, used that's him... The Colo- that's the Colorado... Yeah, that's no the one's Colorado. even spoke about how they were using him, by the way. I don't, I don't think I've heard another sort of podcast cover this, so apologies if I'm wrong. They weren't using him as a linebacker. They were playing a, f- a 4-4 package. I, I haven't tweeted this, but they weren't using him as a linebacker. They were playing him on this overhang, stupid role he was playing in college. He's not even learning how to play a normal linebacker row. Like he's nowhere near. It's a third round pick. It's a third round pick for a team with an aging roster yeah. who are basically win now.
0: He looks like he should be on the practice squad. I, he's miles I know yeah. we don't talk about PFF
1: because their grades for individual games are like by but he played like twenty odd twelve snap He had a grade of twenty five. <laughs> twenty five. I haven't seen him play a player grade out of twenty five ever. He's seasoned, he's grading at like thirty. Like, again, I get so confused. Why would Jim Schwartz go into Howie's offence and go, bring me Darius Slay, but I'm happy starting Avante Maddox at the second corner. He's just a void of talent. Jalen Mills, unfortunately, is, I hope there might be some success because I did always say, though, people who just shout, move him to safety as if that's going to solve everything. People still do it with Maddox at times. Uh, it's not an easy transition. He's not good enough currently. Rodney McLeod is a box safety. Basically, he's a brilliant box safety, but he's not a deep centre fielder. And Jalen Mills is, is not, Rodney McLeod's becoming too good in the box to even put him deep. They've got no safety that can play deep centre fielder. Kevin Wallace isn't a deep centre fielder either. No, no one on their team can play that. They've got about five slot cornerbacks. None of them can play outside. There's just so many flaws with the way the defence is built that I basically tell Schwartz, like, if you're coming back, which you're probably not, but if you are, you're not picking players. And you know what? My big end, Connor, I think my final point I'll end with is, do you know what? After a lot of thinking about this the last few days, I think if I had anyone who would go, Doug Wentz, Howie Schwartz, uh, I'm I'm criticised the coaches a hell of a lot here, but I think it'll be Howie. I think they need a fresh voice in how they're picking players and I also think uh, if they're going to stick with Doug, they need to seriously hire some new voices in the room, but not new voices that have a different scheme like Scangarello, because that's not worked. But also, they're going to have to be much more ruthless with veteran players, and they're going to have to accept that. And Doug's going to have to accept that he can't keep all of these guys on the roster um, that can't move anymore because it's just so outdated and it's boring.
0: All right, man. Well, it's been fun. So I'll that was a very to... quick, very that was quick a, very good, a very good, very good breakdown. <laughs> so. Uh, appreciate you having me on. It was a great episode. Yeah. I'll have to do this again soon. I'll have to hop on you in the next all 22 review. Hopefully, we can uh, break down some good games. One day. One day, Carla. Hopefully. Anyway. All right, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, for everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you this week on Eagles Brawl. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts.